Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. So here's the question I want to answer today. If it sounds so great and it sounds so wonderful, why am I not growing? Anybody ever ask that question to yourself? Like one of my phrases that I say on a regular basis, and I would encourage you to learn this, is when you're seeking perfect sense and you find it, you seek no other sense. I'll say that again a little bit slower. When you're seeking perfect sense and you find it, you don't seek any other sense. Because all you do is just confuse yourself. And I think a lot of times in our life, we are asking God to move and show us something in his word and we find it. The problem is, is then, then we don't dwell on it, we don't start using it, and we keep seeking like there's got to be something else. Well, if we understand that growth is the biggest deal and that's what he's called us to do because he wants us to have life and have life more abundantly, then the question is, is why don't I have that? Why am I not being fruitful and multiply? Why am I not feeling this growth? And I want to show you today in God's word the biggest struggle that you have when it comes to your growth. It is the defining moment. If you will listen to God's word today, I promise you will leave here probably a little bit frustrated. You're welcome. But also, hopefully, a whole lot inspired, understanding, okay, now I know what I need to do. So I want to start with a question. Just want you to ponder. We're going to end up in John chapter 15, if you want to get there. That's where we're going to end up, but i got several scriptures before we get there. But if life really matters, and God wants us to grow, and God wants us to be fruitful and multiply, then why does that happen? And I think it goes back to the first original issue that we had in God's word. And I want you to listen to these words very carefully. There was one major issue that happened in the very beginning that changed everything. Do you know what the greatest issue in the very beginning was? Can I read it to you? It is found, the first problem was found in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. The first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. The first problem in the Bible was being isolated or being in solitude. Do you know that one of your biggest struggles when it comes to growth and comes to your life is that you were never created to do this by yourself? Like the greatest issue that happened in the garden was that God looked at Adam and said, oh man, I created him perfect in my image and I've created all of this. And because I created him in my image, and he is like me, which means he desires relationships, it is not good that man would be alone. In fact, he follows up with this where this is where Adam goes out and he starts naming all the animals. And he comes back to God and he has one simple epiphany that he tells God as if God doesn't know this. He says, I have found none like me. Because God said, go find your helpmate. And you know what? He didn't find it in an animal. He didn't go up to the giraffes and be like, oh, wow, now this one, <laughs> we could do life together. Or the hippo. Or the dinosaurs. Or the T-Rexes. I say that because those things existed. Please know that in the beginning, they were all vegetable eaters. There wasn't carnage. There wasn't death. There wasn't animals eating other animals. Quit watching Jurassic Park. All these things did exist, and they roamed the earth, and man was safe among them, and they were used to fill the earth. 
But he went to all the animals. And after naming all of them, he goes back to God and says, man, I hadn't found any that are like me. And so what did God do? God put him to sleep and took his rib, and out of that he made woman. Because you were not created to do this life by yourself. Now, for some of my single people in the room, you're like, well, Mickey, that sounds great. What about me? Listen, it's not just a marriage relationship that he created. It was a companionship. Some of you guys are called to a life of singleness, but you have amazing friends and amazing people in your life. You end up being a little bit like the person in Ecclesiastes. In fact, I will read it very quickly. It's Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8. It said, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toll, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. The concept that's going on there is that sometimes we hit a point that in our singleness we don't realize that there's more to life than just accomplishing stuff. Like, don't think that God's called you just to be married. He's not called everybody to marriage, but he has called everybody to not live this life by themselves. Again, can I say it? The first great problem in God's word was not sin. It was solitude. That is the number one reason why most people struggle when it comes to growth. They want to do life just by themselves. Why? Because of one other issue. Because I'm afraid if somebody really knows me, they may not like what they see. We'll come back to that. But if this is true, that God does not want us to live a life by ourselves, that God does not want us to be in solitude, that it is not good for man or woman to be alone, then what does that mean for us when it comes to growth as a church? If you're taking notes, I want you to write down a couple of things that I want to share with you. Number one, if the church grows beyond what it can touch, it will become malnourished and begin to die. Can I read that one more time? If the church grows beyond what it can touch, it will become malnourished and begin to die. I am letting you know that today at the end of this growth series, this phrase that you see on the screen is going to be at the heartbeat of every single thing we do at Crossroads. As we grow, I want you to know that if there's ever a point that growth makes us get to a point that we can no longer have a touch on people's lives that are here, then we're going to have to figure out something to stop growing. Because the day that we do stuff just to grow in, in, in exponential numbers, just to have people show up and not have a touch in their life, immediately the people, which is you and me, we will become malnourished and this church will start the process of dying. I share that with you, not because of something with our church, because here's the key. Listen to me. Church is not somewhere you go. It's something you are. And if it's true for the church as a corporate body, then it should also be true for you personally. So if you're hitting a point, and you can put that back up there, if you're hitting a point where you personally are growing beyond what you can touch, you will become malnourished and begin to die. If that is true, there's three things that I want you to write down. I'm going to be done today. Three things. Three things we've got to do to make sure that this doesn't happen. Are you ready? Write these down. Number one, because people need to be known, the church must become larger and smaller at the same time. Because people need to be known, 
the church, which is you and me, we must become larger and yet smaller at the same time. Now, if you're like me, I am real big on words carry weight. And when you say, hey, we got to be larger and smaller at the same time, I go, I don't know what that means. That's like, I need you to slow down as you, as you speed up. You know, I need you to not be in a hurry, but I need you to do this quickly. And I'm going, I need you to pray for patience, but I need it right now. I'm like, I, so which one is it? I, I find, like, I can remember being in elementary and playing double dutch. You know, and they would be like, you know, these girls, they had all their little da-da, you know, Sally, da-da-da-da. And they'd always put your name in it as a guy, and it normally wasn't good. But I remember here was the whole thing of double dutch. You're sitting there, and you're like, ah, okay. And click, 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 click. And you're just like, in a minute, I got to try to jump in. And, you know, and it's like you're just trying to find your way into this thing. And then as soon as you got in, you're like, and then you're trying to run out. Like, that's funny for elementary double dutch, and some of you guys had a flashback, and you're like, yeah, I was the double dutch, man. I was like double dutch bus, baby. I was on it. <laughs> but in life, it's terrible. I think some of you guys, well, I won't talk about you. I'll, I'll talk about me. I think I, in life, are so caught up in trying to figure out what it is God's calling me to do that I'm running into something just to run out of it quicker than I got in it. I don't realize that there's so much more to this life. And you know what I've realized? God's greatest gift in my life is not the large things, it's the small things. I've found myself in the last few weeks making this statement more than probably anybody should. I love my everyday, ordinary life. I don't need some grandioso life. I don't need to fly all over the world. I don't need to be known. I don't need to have some relationship with some major, like, oh, wow, now this everyday, ordinary life. I love driving around in a truck, listening to Kenny Chesney. He's an amazing theologian. And just thinking about the simple things. And realizing that, you know what, those are really the things that change my life. And when I've looked back at my life, I've realized it's not about life getting bigger, but it was that despite how big life was getting, to make sure there was a conscious effort that it got smaller. Here's the way we say it as we got older. You ever notice the older you get, the world gets smaller, not bigger? I ran into a store just yesterday, and I walk up, and the guy goes, I know you, in which I'm going, okay. He says, you're a used car salesman. I said, close. <laughs> you, you, you have no idea. You are so, and it was driving this guy crazy. He was trying to buy some, uh, some, some dog food, and he was trying to get some other things, and and he was like, he said, you're not a used car salesman? I said, no, I'm, I'm not a used car salesman. And I'm playing along because this is fun, right? And he's like, where do I know you from? I was like, I have no idea. And I said, I was a bouncer down here at this club. Have you been to that club? No, I don't go. To, okay, well, that's not it. Uh, I mean, I'm just messing with this guy. And then all of a sudden he says a name. 
and I'm going to keep the name out of this. He says, no, 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 I know you because of, of so-and-so. And I said, oh, okay. Now I'm starting to get the connection. He says, are you, are you her insurance agent? I said, no, no. I mean, yeah, but different type of insurance. And after he gets ready to check out and gets ready to leave, I literally look at him. I said, hey, I said, I'm her pastor. And he goes, Mickey. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and there's one thing I thought about after he walked out the door. I never got his name. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I'm real good at this, guys. I'm telling you. But he's going, and he's got his dog food, and he's got his different stuff, and he's going and jumping in his truck, and, and I'm getting ready to leave and jump in my truck. And I remember just sitting there getting in my truck going, you know what? It's amazing how connected you become in the world the more you love God and you do things. He doesn't make it bigger. He actually shrinks it. And I wonder as a church, when I say church, just know, every time I say church today, I'm talking about you, and I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about church like Crossroads Community Church. I'm talking about something bigger than that, you, because you are Crossroads Community Church. Are you so caught up in trying to get this grandioso big life that you're missing out on these small things? Like, like as we move forward, you need to know that in order to make sure people don't miss it, that people aren't malnourished and in the process of dying, we have got to make sure that in your life, write these words down, people matter. Like as things get bigger, you got to make sure that things get smaller. You say, what really matters? Well, I'll be honest with you. If you'll go back to your elementary days, and we have amazing elementary teachers in our congregation, and I don't think they realize sometimes, like literally, like when they're teaching second grade, they are teaching like, like, this is what life hinges on. Be kind. Be nice. Use your words wisely. And share. And then that gets lost, doesn't it? So number one, if the statement's true, that if the church grows beyond what it touches, it will become malnutrition and begin to die. And one of the reasons why is because people want to be known. So as we grow, we got to get smaller, not just larger, then it brings up a question, well, okay, so, so how do we do that? Like, where does that fit in God's word? Like, as far as growth in me happens, how do I do that? Well, I want to share with you another phrase, if you'll write this down. One of the reasons why we know this is true is because life change happens in relationships. Not only is the fact that people need to be known that the church must become larger and smaller at the same time. We want to grow. We want to have an influence, but not for the sake of growth. We want to have an influence for the sake to get smaller, not just larger. But also we want to make sure that we realize that because life change happens in relationships, your relationships matter. Can I read for you in Scripture how important it is? It's James chapter 5, verse 16. It says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, so that you may be healed. I'm going to read it one more time, and I want you to notice the, line, the words that are underlined on the screen. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, I, I think one of the things that we run into when it comes to growth 
is we want everything that God wants for our life just as long as we don't ever have to let anybody know who we really are. Like, I don't know who lied to you and to me, but when did, well, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to get myself in trouble. I got to make sure I <laughs> focus, focus Danielson. I don't know who lied to us and made us think that when we come to church that we got to be something totally different than what we are the rest of the week. Like, I'll be honest with you. I'm not saying that because I've been lying to you for the last 10 minutes. But, like, in all sincerity, you know what the hardest thing to get to know people about for me? Is because as soon as somebody knows that I'm a pastor, they immediately put their best foot forward in who they are, thinking that I'm looking for something that I'm not looking for. I mean, like, there's not anything that is, like, special about being on this stage. This morning I got up and guess what? I had some of the same struggles that you had. You may tell you the scariest part of being a pastor is when people get more out of the river than they do the church. When people get more out of the golf course than they do the church. When they get more out of season tickets to the Titans than they do the church. When they get more out of going to the mountains on a vacation than they do the church. You say, well, Mickey, you tell us. Not. No, 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 no. Don't mishear what I'm saying. I have an issue when those things are more creating in them what they are desiring and helping them move forward in their life than what we are offering them as the church. I don't have a problem with any of these things they're doing. What I have a problem with is that this is not fulfilling enough and this is like, wow, I couldn't live without it. You know why this happens? Because life change happens in relationships. In the last three, four months, it's tough. It's been tough. You say, why? One purpose. Because people who come on Sunday morning for one hour and leave will turn around and make this comment. Well, you know, we've enjoyed coming to church, but, you know, it's just, it's just not really for us. We're not finding what we're looking for. And I want to go, well, you, you, no kidding. Because what you are looking for, can I give you a little hint? As amazing as worship's going to be for the next Sundays for umpteen future, what you're doing right now is not enough for you to move forward and grow. Like everything that we do at Crossroads is not hinged on Sunday morning from 10 o'clock to 11.15. And I just want you to know, as I want to push you out of the nest, as you hit this last stage of what causes us to stunt our growth, I want you to know that everything makes or breaks in the context of relationships. And that if you think showing up on Sunday morning for 20 minutes with an amazing worship dream team, getting all the information you need, well, what's coming up with an organization guru that we call Hey Hey, and listening to a message and having your kids loved on in the back, just for you to 11, 11.15 leave and be like, woohoo, that you are going to find yourself malnourished and in the process of dying. In fact, let me put it to you a different way. For those of you that don't know, my, my undergrad was 
was in ministry, but I, I did a double major with psychology, sociology. So I, I, I love to people watch. I love to listen. I joke around. I say people will tell you more than they want you to know if you'll just take time to listen. And it's one of those things. It's not that I'm like this, you know, psychoanalytic dude that's up here like Skinner or Freud going, hmm, I wonder why they said that. That's not what I do. All right? But I do listen when people talk. And one reason why I listen is because there's an amazing concept that's there, and they call it the, the Joe Harry window. It's because of two psychologists, all right, one name was Joseph and one name was Harry, and they combined together, and they had this Joe Harry window. And basically, can I explain very quickly, if you had one big window that was your life, and everything that you are was in that window, then that would be the, the Joe Harry window. But they've taken it and they divided it up into four different compartments. And in those compartments exist certain things about you that, that you may know or not know. For example, in, in the first panel, if you think about like a four-pane window, in the first panel is what they would call the open or arena level. And what that simply means is that's everything that you know about yourself and that people outside of you know about you. It's like everybody knows that. For example, for all of you guys in the room, you guys know that I'm a pastor. I know I'm a pastor. You know I'm a pastor. You know I'm five foot seven. You know that I'm five foot seven. Most of you know that I'm married to Amy Lou. We got five, you know, it's like, these are things that like, like I know and that you know. Now, some of you that know me a little bit better also know things that I also know about myself. There's also another aspect of this window that's really, really cool, and it's called the mask. Or some people will call it the hidden. And what that is, is those are the things about me that I know that you don't know. Those are the things in this Joe Harry window that we get a little bit self-conscious about. And so what he's saying is, you know what, the more we can build relationships, if, if life change happens in a relationship, then we gotta let people start to become a part of our life. It's not only so they know the things that they know and that I know, but I also need to have to start opening up in these intimate relationships, there's a key word for you, where some people start knowing things that they didn't even know. But it doesn't stop there. Then there's this another panel of this window, okay? And, it, and you go from like the mask, which I just talked about, to this, what's called the blind spot or the blind. These are the things that you don't know about yourself, but other people that observe you know it's about you. These are the things that people that are around you on a regular basis say, you know what, you may not feel like this is true, but I'm telling you, this is the way you act or you react. They're blind spots. All of us have these. You need amazing peoples in your life so that you can have somebody that protects you from yourself. Sometimes these can be positive, where people see something in you that you don't see and they're pushing you forward in your leadership or in your growth. Sometimes they can be uh, more constructive. I don't wanna say negative, but they're saying, hey, I've noticed this in your life and you may want to work on this. But then there's this last part. And some people will call it potential, or other people will call it the unknown. And these are the things, the final part of this Joe Harry window, these are the things that you don't know and that nobody else knows. But in the right relationship, they become known. You see, Nikki, what's the point of this? I think most people want to have a relationship as long as we can stay in the things that we know. Like the upper right quadrant, 
Like, as long as we can keep this very surface, like, I know this, and you know this, and we're, like, we're good. But when you want to start going over to these other quadrants, now, I, I, don't, I don't know about this. Like, I, I don't mind you knowing the things that I let everybody know, like, in the arena, but I don't want you to know about my blind spots. I sure in the heck do not want you to tell me the things that I don't even know. And then the thing that none of us know, well, I don't even know what to do with that. And because of that, your growth and the lack of relationships in your life is stunning. Can I get the last part? Because I need to put a cap on this. Not only because life change happens in relationships, but listen to these words. But your growth, because growth happens in relationships. There's two scriptures I want to share with you. The first one's Proverbs 27, 17, which is an earthly aspect. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens one another. You need to know that in order for you to have growth and to move forward, you need relationships. Relationships is a really big deal. And I'm not talking about just any relationship. You need right relationships. I don't mind telling you I'm not going to apologize for this. I'm not going to back off of this. Some of you don't realize how much you need Crossroads Community Church. Like you're sitting here today... And you don't realize how much you need the local church. I won't even say crossroads, but you need God's church in your life. You need people that are going to help you to not only be known, but to meet your needs and help you move forward in the right way. It's called growth. That says iron sharpens iron. But then there's another aspect, and it's the whole premise. It's in John chapter 15. Listen to these words. You see them on the screen. Talking about relationships. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Now, I want to pause just for a second. You're going to see that it's underlined. You need to understand what your role is. You need to understand that in your life, there is somebody that has authority over you that you need a relationship with. And depending on how they help you in those relationships will dictate how your growth is. We call him the vine dresser. You call him Yahweh, Father. If we're looking at the Trinity, this is Jesus, the Son, talking about God, the Father. And listen to what he says. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. If you have a paper Bible where it says not bear fruit, write the word grow. Every branch that does not grow, he takes away. But listen to this part. This is the part that blew me away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Somebody lied to you in church that when you love Jesus, everything's going to be great and there's no pain. But do you know the only way that something keeps growing is you got to prune it? What's the pruning process? It's, it's a, it's a, we're getting ready to hit the crepe myrtle stage around this area. You guys know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, you're going to drive down the road, and here is this stick with a few sticks off of it, and you're like, somebody has destroyed that tree. And what they've done is they've pruned it. They took everything that was really beautiful, and they literally cut everything off of it, not because something was wrong. It was just at the end of bearing its fruit and its flowers. And so in order for it to be healthy and to move forward, they literally take these snips and they start chopping off stuff and get it back to the basics so it can grow bigger, more lush, and be more full the next year. 
That is a painful process. But we think that growth is going to be easy, don't we? We just think like, Lord, I, Jesus, just multiply my life. Just give me all the good stuff. Like, give me an amazing job. Give me all the amazing relationships. Help everybody just love me and me love them. Don't let anybody ever say a negative word about me. Help me to never hit a trial or a tribulation. Help my car to always start and the tires to always be blown up. Help me not to have to go to the doctor, and if I do, you just heal me that day. Well, guess what? What you just described is your final destination called heaven. And you ain't there yet. And until you get there, you need to realize that on this earth, there's going to be trials and tribulations. And there's going to be pruning so that you will bear much fruit. Sometimes that is painful. Can I keep going with what God's word says? He says, prune that it may bear fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I just spent 25, 30 minutes to make one simple statement. Let me tell you why some of you guys don't grow and the reason why I don't grow. It's because we try to do it by ourselves. And the people that we have in our life aren't the people that need to be in our life. But I'm going to tell you, you and I's biggest issue we get in life and we think we can break away from the true vine. We have growth happening in our lives and we have stuff showing up and we get fruitful and we're like, wow, this is great. And rather than being pruned, we want to break away and go bury ourselves and create our own root system thinking that, wow, now I'm going to show everybody just how big I can be and how great I can be. And you got the wrong relationships. You got a wrong relationship with Jesus not that you have a wrong relationship. That's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. Let me, let me reword that. You don't have the wrong relationship with Christ. You've just stopped letting him be the vine that you're hooked to. In other words, he's not your source for strength and obedience and to be fed. You've let fruitful times in your life make you think that, man, I've got this figured out and I can do this on my own. And you found yourself going back to that original problem I talked about at the very beginning of this message, and you're finding yourself in solitude. And Jesus has no longer got you clenched to him. And you're wondering why things aren't growing. If you're encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.